top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. You it's more already know. I think that's how it always goes. Like 45 minutes, and we're at like Chelsea. What are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Welcome back to Toppins, the show, bringing you all the action from the Premier League in Syria, England, and Italy. I'm your host, Matt, joined by my co-host, Dom. Dom, how are you? I'm good, man. <laughs> Dom, it is your, you know, like, uh... your penultimate show before becoming a married man. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Um... Wait, we're, we're not going to do one next week? Penalty oh, is like the one before the last. Oh, yeah, because ultimate is, yeah, you know what, yeah, yeah you're right. Sorry, you're your math guy. That's yeah, 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 English is never my strong suit. You know, it's kind of ironic I do a podcast, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you have to, I don't think you have to master the English language to do a podcast, brother, because I'll be honest, neither yeah, of us should be doing, doing that, yeah, if that's the know, case. Listen to um, Theo Vaughn. Enough times, you know, it's just Makes uh, you slap a fat kid at Kmart. Yeah. I know that. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, you know, I think it's a, uh, you know, how like Lil Wayne, you know, he's got that iconic like lighter flick before it's the he, Bic, yeah. yeah. My name so, is Bic, but I carry that flame. Yeah, exactly right. Like Wheezy F baby, and the F is for fantastic. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever <laughs> F word you want to use, minus of minus a couple, you know. But um, me with the podcast, it's a. It's a nice cold one, you know. Yeah, respect. I respect what you're doing for YouTube. That's not a cold one. That's a a seltzer. It's a it's a cold. It's a cold soda, craft cold soda, soda. You know. Yeah, craft yeah. soda. Craft soda. Drinking craft sodas with the boys. We had a, <laughs> a pretty interesting weekend that we highlighted because we had a, both one and two position in uh, in the tables uh, playing each other uh, this weekend in uh, England and Italy. Uh, City and Liverpool played as well as Inter Juventus. Both games were draws ultimately, which you know doesn't give us the full drama maybe that we want in terms of uh, you know actual result that that moves uh, one team down and, and kind of becomes a little bit more of a statement rather than just uh, you know everyone kind of shakes hands and, and waits to the spring till we we meet again. Um, we'll start with England and we'll start with City with Liverpool. So they had won every game at home in 2023 coming into this fixture. Uh, This is the first time that they've failed to collect all three points from a home Premier League game uh, this calendar year. I guess not surprising that Liverpool. I should actually say a little surprising Liverpool because they've they've typically not gone away to City and gotten good results. And I would say a draw is a good is a positive result to a team like Manchester City. Um, And I thought it was a great game. And uh, I I, you know I, I think for me. 
these two teams have always played great games and it's not always been like great give and go action but i thought there was lots of end-to-end -end stuff plenty of drama um not as much drama as we're used to although the final whistle we got darwin Yunez going at it with pep guardiola which was fantastic um but i i think what's interesting is the next time these two teams meet barring any other injuries right which could totally happen in that time frame but um uh, you know, Liverpool lose Allison in this game. The injury is going to be out for a few weeks, it seems, with a hamstring problem. But, you know, they didn't have Kanate for this. They didn't have a whole host of players or guys that were just working their way back. City have obviously not have Kevin De Bruyne. They've had uh, John Stones for this game. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of absences here. You know, I, I, I don't think Holland was at, like, his absolute best in terms of, like, health. So I, I wonder if, you know, when we, we kind of wrap back again in the springtime when this game could have even more tension and drama around it as it, again it just pretty much always does whenever these two play um i'm looking forward to that but i thought this game was was interesting for me as a liverpool fan i think it kind of it, it's been the same way that it felt about them all season which is that i think for this team to be genuine title contenders i think they have to be better defensively um they're okay in this game but uh, I, I still think through the course of a season there's already been a few results that i think because of the defensive frailty of this team at times have, uh, have gone the other way. I'm thinking that Brighton game especially uh, should have been a better result. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a fun game. I, I think it's it's everything that we've kind of expected from these two teams. I, I don't know that it's like a, it was, wasn't a classic for me, uh, but Trent's goal was fantastic. Um, and, yeah, I had some very uncharacteristic Allison mistakes capped off with, again, that injury uh, right near the end of the game, which is, just sucks because uh, anytime not having him, not fun. Yeah, I mean – Liverpool kind of when they when they end up playing City, they kind of have to play a little bit differently than than they're used to, right? Um, and I think you can maybe attest to this a little bit more because you watch them a little more regularly than me. But uh, you know, when you play City, you kind of have to be comfortable with sitting back. You know, City loves to hold possession, which is what Liverpool likes to do in most games, especially when they're playing against weaker opposition. And you know, this is kind of the Liverpool side where. Against City, you're going to have to sit back, accept, you know, the fact that City's going to hold the majority of the possession and then you've got to catch them on the counter. Um, you know, uh, when I'm looking at the numbers here, you know, uh, City had double the shots Liverpool had, almost double the shots on target, uh, almost three times the XG that, that Liverpool had. Um, well, I think it was like 1.36 to like... To like... 0.56 right yeah not exactly three times but you know it's getting there right. uh but you know what i'm like i but the thing is liverpool has a squad that is is comfortable with playing that way though you know the front three is dangerous especially in the counter you have a lot of pace um you know the midfield is creative but they can also find a pass and they can play a long pass if needed that's what trent does um but you know the goals didn't come from up front they came from kind of what is this am i guessing like a like an underlapping run i didn't get to watch the game or the highlights a, like a layout like mosala got at the edge of the box and like laid it to the like trent was making just a great run into the 18 takes a touch and just yeah the bottom corner i think what you said is interesting too and trent actually talked about this after the game and he said in the first half liverpool were playing a little scared he said like they were playing off them a little bit and he said you like kind of had to remind yourself like you know, and this happens with a team like City. It happened when Liverpool were having their their two really great seasons, especially in the Premier League, right? Where like 
teams psychologically play you a little different when you're that good. You know, you just do. You you give. It's it's hard. It's a hard thing to work out. And like people complain about the time, like oh, people just let City walk over them. And there's some truth to that though, because you you are so aware of the danger that they pose that you do mentally just you, you prepare a little differently and play a little differently and maybe not as aggressive knowing you could be punished so severely if you are right like but you have to play it's the hard thing is you have to play that way to beat teams like that to beat teams like city liverpool even arsenal now right like you just have to be willing to take those risks yeah you get risk averse which actually ends up putting you in more danger right because now you're just giving them so much time on the clock to find the answers and they're, they're going to find the answers at some point mm-hmm. uh, for the most part so that's that's it, the struggle. It's interesting, and I mean, what's what's even scarier is like De Bruyne is still out. Yeah, I mean they won a, they've won a title with De Bruyne playing like very few games in the Premier. Like he's ha- he's no. missed almost a full season of injury, and they still won a title. Like it's it's not unusual it's, for them. It's like a weird setup that like Pep has to this like three two four one kind of deal. People been like, really into this. People been uh, really into the. It's like becomes like a two three five in games. Liverpool yeah, have been doing so, it too, or like the, yeah. the four box. Like you'll have like like a whole square of of possession um that's been an interesting like adaptation over the last like two seasons a lot of teams playing that way that's why liverpool kind of had the midfield makeover that they had over the summer probably that's also because henderson and fabinho left but fabinho being gone i think is like the real x factor for this team as well we don't have that destroyer we don't have that guy in the mid like we just don't have that physical presence McAllister is a good midfielder. That's not his uh, his best role, and I think you saw that a few times in this game too, where he gets kind of caught in in like weird positions, weird distances, and I just don't think it's his most optimal thing. They were linked with Andre um, from Fluminense uh, over the summer. Seems like they might try and get back in January with him. Who knows? Um, but I think if like the big takeaways from this game. City are still very much title contenders to me, and nothing about this result really makes me feel any differently about them, I would say. However, I would be slightly concerned um, that they've kind of had a habit of letting teams hang around in games, and it hasn't really punished them. But you saw it against Chelsea, and now you've seen it against Liverpool too. Um, I thought they, in both games, like City had probably done enough to win, but did let an opposition team kind of hang around a bit. You saw it against Wolves too. You know, when they lost, like they, they have made a habit of that this season of, of not really not being as, uh, as, as efficient and as clinical as we know they can be. No, and that I would mean, be my one concern, but then it, you it know, is, is that, but you bring up that game against, you know, wolves. I mean, two of their next three games, they have to play Villa away and, and Villa is just incredible at home. And then they play Luton away and, like they like, even though they may not be getting the results, they're not a slouch when they're playing at home either. I mean, ask Liverpool. You know, they exactly Liverpool should have won that game too. You know, that was that's another game. I think at the end of the season, it could really be kicking ourselves. They have Spurs this weekend, who are just a perennial thorn in their side. Like Spurs have just always yeah. given them problems. We'll talk about Spurs a little bit and the shape that they're in. Um, I'm not so sure that's going to be the case this time around, but you never know. Um, but yeah, that Aston Villa game you highlighted, I'm really looking forward to it because uh, that is, is going to be very interesting for Liverpool. I just think, like I said, defensively, I still have my concerns. I think they're going to need, they're going to need to address like that midfield component. They're going to need a true number six for me to really believe this team can win a title this year. I don't think it's in the cards, um, but if Darwin Yunez, like we get like good volatility from him, 
Maybe. You know, like, it, that that could be the thing. I think, like, there are X factors within this Liverpool team that, that do make me feel good about their their future, both short-term and long-term, that I think could really... And the fact that this is a wholly new, reworked midfield, and they've we've had weird suspensions throughout the season. Like, I do think, um, you know, this is a midfield that's still kind of figuring it out. And I think second half of the season, maybe there's something there. But it, it, I, like that, I like that this result... As a Liverpool fan, you know, kind of keeps everything within shooting range still, and you know, it doesn't feel like anything's gotten away from you. I think the most interesting thing is like with City, like if you even take a look at their bench, like number one, Pep didn't make a single sub, so he's expecting this starting eleven to play all ninety minutes, and that's basically because they really don't have anybody proven on the bench, and most of the proven players are defenders or Calvin Phillips, nothing that can really get the attack going. So it's almost like you kind of have to put all your eggs in one basket when it comes to this front four of Foden, Alvarez, Silva, Doku, and Holland, which is, you know, it's not, not bad, but like, it's a very good front four, but you know, when, when you play certain teams, especially those teams that those mid table teams, those lower table teams or, or, you know, we, we, we talking, we mentioned us and Villa, like these teams that really get at you and, and they can get on the break. They can press you. They can, they can really make your players work you know, will fatigue become an issue later on? Because like, it doesn't seem like they have guys that can really replace certain players. Right. Yeah. I mean, in the past, we've talked so much about city's depth and people just pull out that card all the time. Even going back to last year, their depth was not that crazy. They have had great depth in like recent history, like no doubt about it. But yeah, like you said, I mean, you look at their bench, they had two keepers on the bench for this game. Number one, Scott Carson, who was just like, He's, a, he's the goalkeeper's coach, yeah. Like, you know, he's not really a meaningful player. But yeah, John Stones, who's not really fit enough to play, he just made the bench. Yeah, like Pep said, he's still like a week or two away um, from actually uh, playing again. You have Gavardiol, a defender, Calvin Phillips, Rico Lewis, and then Gomez and Bob. That Those are not like... No. <laughs> and, and I mean, it's not even just because they have, you know, have De Bruyne, Kovacic, and Nunez out, and Zach Steffen as well. But, you know, that's not uh, really a meaningful you know, miss. Um, yeah, the, the the bench is not as crazy as people make it out to be sometimes to say that's all. But I mean, um, the majority of your midfield depth is all hurt, you know, and, right. and you have to have uh, Bernardo drop a little bit deeper than he's oh, yeah. used to. Bernardo, right? one of the most versatile players in my lifetime. Yeah, he's right. Everything. It must really suck to have but, him. But you got You have to tell Alvarez to drop back now, and he's playing more yeah. of a midfield role. Like Foden probably has to be a little more defensive minded than he's used to. And we've well, talked and, a lot about know, Alvarez like, kind of taking over De Bruyne's role. You know, like they actually see him as a De Bruyne su- successor rather than that's interesting. Know. Yeah, um, curious to see how that develops. Well, I mean, you think about where De Bruyne plays now too, though. Like he was playing more advanced, and like think of where like his most dangerous position is is usually like just on the edge of the 18 or like in that half space there, like whipping crosses in, right? Like, yeah, who knows? Like, I, you know, listen. Yeah. The number 10, like a, or like a false nine, like secondary has, striker yeah, type like deal. I, I think they, they've seen him as more of like a 10 than yeah. maybe like a, a nine uh, overall, but we'll be back to, you know, obviously talk about this game when, we, when we're back in the spring. Um, let's move to uh, Spurs and Aston Villa. Really exciting game. Could have been like no joke. Could have been like two two very easily at halftime. Could have been three three at halftime. Just a crazy game. Spurs had a lot of good chances and are, are probably unlucky in the end 
to not get a, a better result out of this game. Uh, but Aston Villa continue their good streak and uh, find themselves in fourth place now. They get a win over Spurs. I think the hard thing for Spurs is not only have you lost, and it feels like some of the momentum you had from early in the season is, is starting to wear thin. Um, you have another injury in this game. Uh, Rodrigo Bentancur gets hurt. Uh, he's an ankle ligament issue. He's going to be out till February. Um, this was a guy, too, that was just working his way back from injury. That, like, sucks. You know, because, like, when he plays, he's a, a good part of that midfield. And we talked a lot of, and, and sung a lot of praise when he transferred there from Juventus because he really hadn't shown a lot of that, that, uh, that end product there. But, yeah, um, that's a big miss for them. And it's on top of the fact that they have so many other injuries to contend with. Uh, you don't really want to be, like, compounding that stuff at this stage. Um, Udogi, I think, had, like, a small injury. They, like... It doesn't. I, I don't know if he's going to miss time, but it just feels like there there's a lot working against Spurs at the moment, and it just feels too like it's it's they're just getting very unlucky at, at at this point in time with with injuries. I mean, they're playing Emerson Royale at center back. That's uh not ideal. Right? That's a choice. That is a yeah. choice for sure. Not a choice. I think they would have uh, liked to have made, <laughs> but uh, you know, sometimes choices are made at gunpoint, and that is uh that is a reality of life. What I what I think is really interesting about Aston Villa, you know, we talk about team depth. You look at the starting lineup, and it's like, all right, this is a very strong midfield, right? Even, you know, Matty Cash, who's normally a right back, he's playing right mid, but he he can do that. They bring Leon Bailey off the bench, Yuri Tielemans off the bench, and Ramsey off the bench. And and Ramsey came in the 90th minute. So, like, you know, you're talking about, you know, five, six guys, seven guys, you know, if you're talking about the starting four, McGinn, Louise, Kamara, and Cash, like that's that's really, really strong for Villa. And I mean, again, you know, they're playing a team like Spurs. Villa's going to sit back. They're going to beat them on the counter. They have a team that can do that. You know, when you have somebody like Diaby up front where you can play a ball in, you know, over the top, out wide, have him run it down. Uh, it's it's And still, you know, create the amount and the volume of chances that they have like it, it, it it's it's the signs of a of, of a of a very quality team i mean did spurs get unlucky with a disallowed goal yes but um i mean it, it, you, you talk about a little more clinical they they're yeah they're, they, they win this game you talk you talk about city keeping teams kind of in and around you know striking distance with this win, Villa draws even with Liverpool on points, and they're only one point behind City, two behind Arsenal. Like, yeah. it, it, they change their crest, and next thing you know, they're just going crazy, man. I, I saw some, I saw a uh, a, a tweet. They were saying, uh, Villa stole Chelsea's crest, and next thing you know, they stole their their form as well. <laughs> It is. It is definitely reminiscent of uh, a Chelsea for sure. Yeah, Villa have been good this year. You know, we talked yeah. a few weeks ago about like kind of what their potential is, and we felt like you know they could maybe break into that top four. It's hard to say, um, and that's where they are at the moment. It's weird because last year they were, they were kind of a hard team to talk about because they were so obviously just running really hot. You know, they they were so obviously if you looked at all the, the the numbers, like they were clearly just overperforming. And in some ways, they're they're still kind of overperforming this year, but. I, I like there is there's some part of you that really feels like this team is just very well coached, very well organized. Now defensively, concerns. That that would be my area like long term, like for this season, I I would be worried about it. And I think 
you know, like people are going to talk about them in the title race. I don't know that that's a reality. Um, but they're a really hard team to play, especially if you're going away to Villa. Like that is that's going to be a hard game for a lot of teams, and uh, they're a lot of fun to watch. I love Ali Watkins. Like uh, he was a player that I've always really liked watching play, and so it's nice to see him uh, over the last like what like seven eight months start to like actually feels like he's he's fulfilling some of that potential, some of that belief uh, when he came up from the championship, and um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm excited to watch them for the rest of the season. Now, correct me if I'm mistaken, but like based off of like the way that they, they they set up, when they get the ball offensively, do they kind of shift into like a like a three five two almost? Yeah, like uh, like a lot of times, like Pau Torres especially is like very good on the ball. Like they're happy like to have him like control and like progress the ball into the midfield. Definitely see Dinier like do that as well. They had Cash playing like much more forward than he typically does. Um, you know, like normally he's like he's a pretty adventurous fullback. They had him playing like really advanced role against Spurs, like really pressing up high and, and um, mixed success. I would say, yeah, they're, they're they're a team too. Like I think Emery, Emery's like always been a guy that I, I think as well has been willing to like be play, He plays a very organized type of like play, and I think that's where like it can get challenging with him at like some of the higher levels is like he demands I think a lot of like attention to his instruction and i think sometimes that can depending on the ego depending on the situation can can kind of become a bit of a mixed bag but yeah it's it's definitely working at villa at the moment and this just feels like his level this feels like the kind of team that also, and, and, and situation that's right for him that also kind of makes sense then why like when he goes out in the transfer market he always tends to kind of target sort of the same guys or guys he previously coached because like you know bringing over pal torres right like you need someone to kind of bolster that 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 back line and, and somebody who knows exactly what you want and, and 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 kind of knows and is comfortable with the system because he's played for you before, uh, you know, and and can take on that kind of responsibility in a team. It 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 pays a lot, you know, in the long run when you know you take over a team, you're not comfortable with a lot of the guys. You're you know you're still kind of learning the learning everybody and. You're trying to build something and you add these few pieces of guys who can, you know, kind of everybody else can kind of build off of and whatnot. And and I think that that pays off, you know, and, and you know, we're seeing it now in their form, especially at home. I mean, they're incredible at home. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that city game like you uh, highlighted earlier in the show. Uh, final thing in, in England. Um goal of the season already Garnacho. it feels almost deserves to call it a bike but one of the i mean truly like one of the best goals i've ever seen i like i it's it, like i i saw i didn't i wasn't watching the game live um i was doing like other stuff and i saw like someone tweet about it and i thought it was like you mentioned seeing it always get like the extra anytime they do anything it's either the worst thing that's ever yeah happened, yeah, 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 yeah like yeah, it's yeah, such yeah, yeah. It's such hot and cold with them. Um, so I saw people like, this is goal of the season contender from Garnacho. And I was like, come the fuck. And then I watched, yeah. the, I was like, I saw yeah. the ball get played in. And I was like, oh shit. Like it was like, <laughs> before the, knowing that it was a goal. Like when it leaves, I, I forget who plays the assist, but I think it was Dallow. Um, yes. Uh... Yeah, it was, it, I believe it, it. I think it was Dallow. Yeah. Um, as soon as it leaves his foot and you see like where Garnacho is like, oh shit. Like this, that's where this is going. Um, unbelievable. Like, I, 
he has to make up so much grounds backwards to get onto the ball. Mm-hmm. It's one of the purest, I think, cleanest, most well-done form of a bicycle kick I've ever seen. Perfect connection and goes opposite direction, opposite corner. No chance. Like, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I... This was a game I was able to watch at work before everybody was like, "Oh, you got to put football on." Why I don't want to watch soccer, but uh, uh, I turned it on literally like a minute beforehand, and I look up, and next thing I see is an overhead kick happening, and I'm just like, "Whoa! Do we have a uh, star boy in the making?" Scored again today. Um... I don't know. Starboy is a. I hate that word. Um, <laughs> because people people throw it around a lot. And the reason I hate that word, actually, total, total sidebar. People really threw it around a lot with Jaden Sancho. And, uh, yeah. like, all the time, they're like, well, this Starboy. Like, it was like all, all over Twitter was about Jaden Sancho, Starboy. And, um, I think it just kind of soured the word for me. It's like, well, I always associate with him, and he's had a disappointing time at united he like went to united in the first i was like that sucks i now i'm now i'm upset um yeah but i, I mean it's, but, it's a word that i just don't Garnacho's doing it in the prem he's not doing it in the bundesliga okay well he's, look, he's look, sort listen, of doing look, it in the Premier League. he's let's got not, the hair he's like, got the looks great, he's got a, a taste goal. for Christian Benteke also scored one of the best goals i've ever seen for <laughs> liverpool and like that doesn't mean it you know, like it just you, 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 you know, i don't <laughs> Divac Origi has scored some of the most important goals of my life. I don't know that a Divac Origi goal I've ever seen. It was like, actually, no. He scored a great one against Southampton in the League Cup in Klopp's first season, which was truly unbelievable. The tightest ankle finish I've ever seen. Just laced it into the like roof of the net somehow. So he has scored some good ones. Origi's goals were always just true chaos. Like just, I, I can't believe. Like he he's unleashing like one of the infinity stones, you know, like he just <laughs> in, introducing you know, uh, something to the world that shouldn't be. What's, what's crazy to me about that first half of this game is that like Everton was the better team. And, and that's the, that's the sad thing about this game when I was watching it, it was like, yes, you know, they had United had all the momentum very early on after that, but it, like, or like at the beginning of the game, but as the first half kind of settled in, Everton had chance after chance, after chance, after chance, and they just could not get anything quality towards the net. I mean, Everton had 24 total shots, only six on target. I mean, like, there's got to be questions raised about, you know, the the, the the finishing quality. Like, you know, Calvert-Lewin had a couple headers that, that were, like, right in front of the net where he towered over whoever was, was trying to jot or, or like – you know, go up against him for the ball and, you know, he's just heading them over the net or, or, you know, there's that one where Ducore makes this great run and there was some great passing play and he kind of takes a large touch and Idrissa Gay comes onto it and he just hits it so far wide. I saw the fans reactions, like they're doing the, you know, the whole, the whole nine, you know, and Which it's is weird. It's weird that that is like a offensive sign. The, like these like up I, yours I, like yeah i it's so bizarre to me like when that's like like because here that is only a peace sign you know like it's like there's nobody never, in the u.s knows 
Yeah, there's like no situation like... where that's ever like offensive, you know. But it like it it is. I it's it's a strange, strange world to live in. But yeah, apologies to our uh, uh, English and and UK viewers yeah, and listeners. They'll, you know? they'll get over it. I think I think it's offensive throughout Europe. I think it's weird. It's like saying "suck your mom." Like it's just it's just. <laughs> Just, it, it, that could be a little disrespectful here in the U.S., but people would yeah, look at you like, that what are you doing? would be a little disrespectful. <laughs> I don't think that – like, I to put a qualifier on it. I think, uh... Excuse me. We're, we're, we're 27 minutes in. That's okay. YouTube's not going <laughs> to get us for that one. Yeah, that's how that works. You're right. Statute of limitations or something. I don't know. Um, let's move to Italy. Let's actually move to Italy. No, let's um, – Lazio lose to bottom Salernitana. In a awful game. Yikes. Mauricio Sarri, no idea what's going on here. Because you would expect that there'd be some pressure on him. But I was I was like doing some reading and, and just seeing like what the news was about Lazio. And apparently, no. Apparently, they're bl- blaming the players. This is Lotito. <laughs> allegedly saying this too. Uh, blaming the players. Saying that heads will roll. He's going away for like on like a business thing. But uh, he put someone in charge and said that this doesn't improve. Like... Yeah, like, uh, like we'll all go down with this ship. Like, I don't care. Like, it's not just the manager. So, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means Sarri's going to stay in the job. Bizarrely enough, uh, they wrapped up Champions League qualification. They're going to be through to the round of 16. So, they're having this weird season where it's like everything's going not disastrous in, in the league, but clearly not well. Yeah, they're having a good Champions League campaign. Are going to be in the round of 16, which comes with some benefits. Maybe they get a fortunate draw, and like it's just, it's such a bizarre kind of knife edge which this Lazio season is placed on right now. It's like, uh, you know, we we have spoken about other teams in in various European competitions, right, where they just don't have the facilities to to focus on both, right? And it seems to me like they're focusing very heavily on the Champions League right now. But you they're know, playing like, like they're playing the same guy. Like it's not like they're like. I don't know. Their performances are so much better in the Champions League than what I've seen in the league. That's what's bizarre about it. It's like it's not like they like to play in the midweek. I guess they don't like playing on the weekend. I don't. I don't know. It's it's very you know obviously alarm bells are going off when Monza and Frosinone are above you, and you know you're a team that finished in the top four last year, and 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 you know teams like Torino, Lecce, Sassuolo, Genoa are all within three points or less of you in the table. Like you can drop down to, to 16th, 15th in the next match day if, if you don't get this shit straight. But um, yeah, I don't, I really don't know what's going on with them, man. It's just, it's, it's very, very confusing to me, man. It's just, I don't know. Really don't know. I mean, Lotito back, sorry, after their win today. So that's what I'm saying. Like he like, this, he seems to to believe that Sarri's going to stay, but you know, like you look at the the league form and you look at a result like that, and you think, I don't know, brother. <laughs> I don't know. I was I was positive about Lazio coming into the season. I was positive about Sarri, for, like I was positive about Lazio because of Sarri. Right? Like it just felt like even though they had had some squad turnover, I think he's a good manager. I think you know, like he's he's a floor raiser to me. And um, man, I, I 
I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Sari can smoke more cigarettes when they're playing in Europe than when they're playing well, in Italy. He asked about someone asked him about like potentially co- coaching like the Middle East and like Saudi Arabia, and his first question was if he if they are allowed to smoke there. I think so, you met. I think you mentioned that uh, a week or two ago, and they told him like yes or something like that. It was very <laughs> which I respect. I remember when he was in England, he couldn't smoke, so he would have said chew on cigarettes. Which was just yeah. a bizarre choice. Um, I will chew, say, just chew nicotine gum or something. Well, man. Like, I know some old timey Italian guys uh, that like like Italian farmers that would chew on cigars. They would. Uh, I've heard. I've like, heard people do that. And yeah, they chew on the cigar and they would have these like the plastic Dixie cups and they would spit out the. Oh, it's disgusting! And they used to be like around the house and. Just really brutal stuff. Um, just do a Zin pack. You know? Yeah, I was just <laughs> gonna say, like, pop a Zinny, man. Like, let's just... <laughs> just just get stimmed on some Zin, like the sweets. Like, come on, let's not let's not get carried away here. Um, speaking of oh, lovable, affable middle-aged Italian coaches, uh, Walter Masari. <laughs> Nice one. Uh, gets his first win as Napoli coach in his first yeah. game as Napoli coach. Um, there are two ways to look at this. One is that Atalanta are deeply unserious and Gasparini <laughs> should really look at himself in the mirror. The other is that Mazzari is going to lead Napoli to a late season title push. And this is just <laughs> the first. I mean, those are the only two things I think you can take away from this game. I think it's the um, former. <laughs> I I just think for for me like I just wanted to talk about it because we're you know we were mentioning that Mazzari is going to be a coach and it just felt a strange decision and it felt odd and like a, a weird kind of retread into like he has not been a manager that's had a lot of success over the last few years and um, you know his time at Torino was pretty mixed all, all things considered and um, I don't know maybe maybe just a different voice I didn't like the Rudy Garcia hiring from the start and I think uh, maybe you're just hoping that it's still a talented team this is mostly the team from last season that that ran away with the uh, Serie A title. So there's clearly talent here. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know that Mazzari is actually the guy to, to block it off, but he's already got three more points that I expected him to at this stage. So maybe I should just put some faith in him. I don't know. I, I think, you know, what's, what's interesting about this is just the matchup between the two teams and the tactics that both managers come out. I do think that uh, like this four, three, three, the Napoli style of play, that, you know, Spalletti had them run and, and you know, now Mazzari is kind of trying to emulate it. And I think it matches up very well against, you know, Gasparini's like three backs and, and, and wing backs and things like that. I mean, when when you have like a lone 10 in Palisic and or Pasolic and, and, you know, Lobotka can basically just worry about him and, and then Zielinski and, and Gisa can kind of neutralize the other two center midfielders. It, it creates some gaps in, in the offense and, and, or I mean, in the defense and, you know, Politano and Kovarskeli are able to get out wide and then really stretch them out and, and, and open up these little gaps here and there uh, for Raspadori to work for Zielinski to work. And I mean, uh, Elmas and Oshiman, when they came off the bench allows them to work as well. Like that's dangerous too. And, and, you know, uh, I just, I just think that this is a game that was won just, by tactics you know like the other team is just better suited to to you know handle this i mean gasparini's kind of living off 
you know, his, I wouldn't say revolutionary, but, you know, his unique tactics that have brought Atalanta's success over the, over the years. I mean, I mean, it's gotten him into the Champions League, made him somewhat successful within the group stages of the Champions League. But, you know, it's only a matter of time before, you know, the top teams at least figure out how to, you know, combat that. You know, a lot, a lot of teams are playing four three threes nowadays and, and, you know, I just don't think that, you know, this three, four, one, two, or, or however they end up playing it, it, it just doesn't work out well against them. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a lot to chew on. I think for not play this season. Um, well, we'll carry on our Napoli conversation into uh champions league roundup because we uh, only have one more game week in the champions league group stages. And uh, we've had uh, quite a few teams lock in, at least progressing to the round of 16. Some teams uh, going in as uh, already we know that they're going to win their group. But there's still quite a bit, I think, left to be decided. Um, you know, I, I think going into the uh, the year, we, we looked at the group of death, right? Uh, Milan, Dortmund, Newcastle, PSG, and knew that that was probably going to be one that went down to the last day. And it is. Everyone is still alive in that group. Um, Dortmund already technically. Threw- are through to the round of 16. I mean, all it's not that crazy. All they need is to win and PSG to lose. Like, it's not like they don't have like a ton of like algebra to get in, you know, like they, they, they it's not in their control. It's obviously. still such a tall task, man. It's okay. Just... I wouldn't say it's a tall task. It's not that crazy. It's Newcastle <laughs> brother. They have, they have two players. Dortmund's got to. I mean, Dortmund's been playing very well, but like, but they got to beat PSG. It, I they feel, can. They already. Like, yeah, I, but Dortmund's already sealed their ticket. Wouldn't you think that they're kind of? They like, want on, top like, spot. Like, you don't control. think it matters to go? Yeah. Through no. You know what? That one? is a good point. Yeah. You don't think it matters? Yeah. yeah you don't think that's does. a difference between be, no, between playing Lazio or Real Madrid? It does. You know, yeah, like right. it's right. no disrespect to Lazio, of course, but I think no, everyone's right. making a choice right. there. You know, I just, I I don't think it's that crazy. So yeah, Milan needs to win, and you know. <laughs> a, a PSG loss. There, there's lots of like win conditions in that group. So right now Dortmund are through. Uh, they win the group with a win or a draw. Uh, PSG can top the group with a win, uh, and they progress with either a draw and a Milan win, or simply a Newcastle Milan draw. Newcastle progress with a win and a PSG loss or a draw, and Milan only progress with a win and a PSG loss. Not that. I think all, like that's not surprising to me at this stage that it, it's still like so much to be decided just when you consider the strength of the group. Manchester United are also going to need some help hilariously. Um, yeah, yikes. Again, again, that they weren't even sure it was necessarily going to be able to be played against Galatasaray today. Um, it was like awful weather conditions, uh, weird like snow, hail situation. Um, up multiple times in this game, end up drawing 3-3. They now are going to need some help on the final day. Uh, to advance. So United need a win in a Copenhagen Galatasaray draw to progress, which is like, and both of those teams are not going to be playing for a draw. I can tell you that because Copenhagen progressed with a win um, and Galatasaray progressed with a win. Um, Copenhagen also progressed with a win. They also progressed with a draw. If United draw or loses, Bayern have won the group. It's it's sealed, dusted, but I would expect them to still probably uh, make it tough on United to, you know, there's, there's a lot that Manchester United have to do, uh, and they shouldn't be in this position because all things considered, they they should be wrapped up. Um, they've like had a United, weird defensive issue in the Champions League. Yeah, I feel like United's one of those teams where like they have that R about them that you don't want to just draw the, to them, let alone like lose. So like, especially a team like Bayern, Bayern's going to be like, yeah, let's go out and just 
Sheldon. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting too because they've scored a lot of goals in the Champions League. Like they've been very good offensively. It's just defensively, they've conceded fourteen goals in the Champions League so far this year. Um, the only other team that's uh that's in that kind of realm is Royal Antwerp, who've conceded fifteen, and Celtic have also conceded fourteen. Like that's that's the problem here is that defensively this team is just leaking in in the Champions mm-hmm. League. It's been a uh, I think a frustrating watch for United fan. Inter and Real Sociedad fight it out on the last match day for top spot. That'll be fun. I, I think it's always fun when we have two teams Arctic Quad. It's essentially just to get through and, and uh, win your group. Um, Inter a big comeback today uh, to ensure that you know that last day just becomes a straight up playoff. Right, like um, they they uh, force a draw after being down three nil. So a lot to uh, to look forward to there. Arsenal advance. Um, to the round of 16. Um, good for them. I, you know, this is like the return to the Champions League. And um, Kai Havertz in some good form. Yeah, Kai Havertz season turns out. Um, you know, he gets the big winner we didn't talk about in the Premier League, but he gets the winner against Brentford to take Arsenal top of the table in the Premier League and now through to the, the round of 16. I tell you, this Arsenal team, you know, we'll talk about this once we get the draws and everything. Maybe. Maybe Champions League Dark Horse. I don't know. I get some get some shades there from them. Um, but yeah, never forget that Newcastle were like the seventh favorite to win the Champions League coming in this year. They're probably they might not even make it out of their group. Like that's. I I gotta say, Dom, I really gotta say, I really need Milan to win. I can't live. So do I, man. I well, like we're in this together. I I just want you to know that. <laughs> I want you to know that we're on that ride together. Okay, like. I can't never live. thought I'd see the day. Oh, I listen. I have no real like ill feelings towards me. Nah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, I'm just saying like, I can't deal with Newcastle being in the champions league. Like knockouts. I just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not interested. I, I, I don't want to hear about it. That's, that's really, I'm truly the world's biggest hater in, in this moment. Yeah. Um, be like that. Yo, crazy, crazy in that group. Sevilla, yeah, it, it, it's looking like you know the Europa League giants won't even potentially have a chance to even drop into the Europa League this year. I, I got to say, as a team, as, as a fan of a team who is in the Europa League, and I wouldn't mind seeing Liverpool, you know, yeah, really prioritize the Europa League at some point this season, and maybe like it's like I winning winning a European trophy of any kind is big deal to me personally. Um, I would I would not mind if Sevilla were uh, they they are a true. Listen, Spanish teams in general have just not been a good time for me. Okay, like I've just typically not had a good time against Spanish opposition. There've been a few outliers. The biggest, obviously, being Barcelona. Uh, but you know, I, I would like to avoid Sevilla. We have some uh, uh, some really bad history with them, and I, I seeing them uh, be buried would be kind of nice. That is true. Like I showed up to my biggest haters' funeral energy. If severe, <laughs> if severe out of it. Um, Napoli also they, they lost today to uh, Real Madrid. Uh, Real Madrid, of course, have, have won their group. Uh, Napoli progressed with a win, a draw, or a one-goal loss. Uh, Braga progressed with a win by two plus goals. So they they play each other. That essentially Napoli just have to not lose that game. Pretty much is, yeah. is really. Um, but even then, they can they can lose by one, and it's okay. But really, they, you know, they're gonna they're gonna play uh, to win. Um, 
And I thought I'd go Lazio play on the last day as well. And uh, that'll decide who is the top spot in that. Atletico, a little bit of a resurgence uh, this year. Interesting. I don't know who I like for the, the Champions League. Obviously, City are going to be big favorites. Real Madrid, maybe? Recapture a little bit of that. Uh, Jude Bellingham comes in and first year, big statement. He's like already had like so many like highlight real moments, like big crucial goals. I don't know. Give us a little Barcelona. Barcelona is actually an interesting team because I, I think they've kind of, they, 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 they sneak under people's radar, I, I think, a little bit under Xavi, especially. I, I don't know that people are as, uh, as plugged in. We need, we need a little more Roy Hudson uh, classics. I told you know. at the time I sat my wife down and made her watch. Yes. Uh, like it was yes. like, it was like I was showing her, you know, like some people do, like do this, will like show like their old, like, like, the, like, um, like a high school football, like highlight reel, you know, like there's like people that are like, look at my, look at my, check it out. I could, I could have gone to a big 10 school, you know, like, <laughs> it was like, I was doing that, but for Raya Hudson, like clips, like I, like I was trying to find like, and there are, there are, they're out there. Um, but yeah, I was trying to find, I was trying to find the one where he's like quick down, like a jungle cat. Like it's, that's one of my favorites. He's, He's truly on some other shit. It's uh, it's unbelievable to listen to. Uh, come up right now with your own original Roy Hudson style, uh, like just one liner. Uh, I mean, it's I'm thinking best. about him so much that I'm probably gonna end up using one that I've heard. Um, one of my other favorites from him is like trying to nail jelly to the wall. Like that's just. <laughs> <laughs> he's built like an army tank covered in cocoa butter <laughs> strong but slippery he's truly like a gift to the world <laughs> one of my favorites for sure um let's look ahead to the weekend at what we've got for you lined up um in England, we've got, uh, let's see, on Saturday, we've got Newcastle versus Manchester United. Very interesting. Mm. Uh, very nice, very nice. Uh, Chelsea Brighton, the Graham Potter uh, derby on uh, Sunday morning. <laughs> um, we got uh, Man City versus Tottenham, of course. That's uh, that's kind of always a good fixture. Uh, Napoli and Inter on Sunday as well. Ooh. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a good one, too. That's that's kind of it, though, actually. Um as far as like big highlight real ones, um, not much else really doing it. Sassuolo Roma, if you're into that, Sassuolo are in a lot of exciting games. I could see that being seen kind of fun. They had a crazy game over the weekend that we didn't get to, but um, mm. yeah, not a lot there, I would say. Dom, yeah. anything to say before we get out of here? Um, you know, rate us five stars wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in. We always appreciate the support. Uh, go Milan. Pioli out. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is, man. Go Birds. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is the start of like the holiday um, like fixture list too. Like we have like midweek Premier League games next week and uh, got a, just a lot of uh, <laughs> just a lot of games coming in quick succession so keep it locked in because we'll, mm -hmm. we'll be covering those and keeping you updated 
who knows maybe maybe a, a live stream or something for what something i don't know we'll figure maybe we'll think about something i don't know maybe maybe we'll have that coming down the pipeline but uh enjoy the games this weekend enjoy the games middle of next week champions league return the week after we got fa cup stuff coming i mean it's just it's all over the place league cups i mean come on come on it's on. it's getting spicy now right like we this said. is where this is where it turns and things become uh very serious so we'll be back next week to to wrap that all up and to send dom off on his journey to be a man and married so preemptive congratulations uh we'll talk to you next time right in my my wedding vows that's great